This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Welcome to the Lunch with Lloyd podcast. I'm Katie Overy, in for Mark all of this week. Coming up, I caught up with comedian Jack Jr. all the way from LA ahead of his gig at the Laughter Factory this weekend. Today we celebrated Thrift Shop Day. So we caught up with the co-founder and chief cheerleader of Thrift for Good. We also caught up with the team behind Cinderella, the Moscow City Ballet, which is being performed this weekend at the Theatre Mall of the Emirates. And we continue to celebrate Happiness Month, we caught up with the team of Disney on Ice ahead of their show in Yas Island. Lunch with Lloyd is live every weekday from 11am. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Good morning. My name is Katie Overy, in for Mark Lloyd all of this week. Right, the Laughter Factory is back this weekend. Now, the Laughter Factory is an absolute Dubai staple. Gail and the team do a wonderful, wonderful job. And we are very, very honoured to have on the phone on about four, five hours sleep, Jack Jr. ahead of the gig. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm kind of tired, but I'm uh, excited to be on the radio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where did you fly in from? Uh, I flew from Los Angeles, and I uh, didn't get much sleep on the plane, and not much sleep here. <laughs> no, gosh, I'm not surprised. And have you got a full day ahead today? You have a full day ahead, yeah. Oh, okay, exciting. Now, is it the first time you're performing in Dubai? This is my first time in Dubai, correct, and performing. Oh, amazing. You've never even been to the, the, the city before, I should say. Never been, never been, no. But I'm really excited. I've been uh, w- watching a lot of stuff on, the, on YouTube, and uh, I want to... Be a tourist for a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love that so much. Have you got what's on your what's on your checklist? I can be a tour guide for you right now. I, I just I don't I don't really have a checklist. I'm just going to kind of j- jump in a car and see where they take me. <laughs> nice. Okay. Slightly dangerous, <laughs> although we are, you are in one of the safest cities in the world. So at least imagine doing that in LA. Um, I was just going to jump in a <laughs> yeah, the car they, and see where they take me. Everyone's like, everyone's like, just just go 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 explore. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can do in the UAE. Yeah. Well, I just funny enough, I just ended up on the on the on the tube somewhere uh, in Queens. I oh, know that's not in LA, obviously. Let's not be silly. Well, Look, I'm really excited for you to to have a have a nose about and uh, adventure around our wonderful city. Um, and you're performing this weekend at the Laughter Factory. Now, people obviously, when they first come here, sometimes I think they're a little bit worried about what they can and can't say and cultural sensitivities and stuff. But when I was looking at your bio this morning, I said to Poonam, who I know you were speaking to, I was like, his surname sound, looks Armenian. So you're Asa, yeah. Asadorian? That is correct, Asador. And you said it correctly too. Oh. And it's nice. It's nice hearing it over here because it sounds nice over here. But in the states, it sounds Asadorian. They call me a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> so your what's your heritage? What's you know the behind the name Asadorian? Uh, so my father is Lebanese Armenian. Okay. And my mother is Mexican. So pretty much, I'll sell you a cell phone, but I'm gonna steal it like right after. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why he's a comedian. <laughs> and that's it, isn't it? It's when, when it's about relatable comedy, which uh, uh, clearly you can just bring that straight to the Middle East. What else have you got sort of lined up for our audiences at the weekend then? I mean, you're going to hear stories about uh U.S. I mean, I've performed all over the world, mm. and um, it's going to give a life experience of me, my my ex-wife, my kids. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun time, and I guarantee you'll have a good time. 
Plus, I'm only here now. I'm not going to be back here for a long time. So yeah. if you're in town, come to the show. Definitely. I love the Laughter Factory. I mean, if, there, if there's any tickets going, just send them over, Jack. All right. I got you. I got okay, you. cheers, yeah. cheers, cheers. Um, now, your parents owned a comedy club? That is correct. I grew up in a comedy club. Oh. And uh, it's been a... Yeah, it, 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 it's funny because my parents aren't funny at all. My parents are very serious. And it, it wasn't supposed to be a comedy club. It was originally a restaurant where they did karaoke. And then one day, someone's like, oh, do you guys do comedy here? And my dad, being very Middle Eastern salesman he's like, yeah, we do comedy here, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is that a way to make money? Uh, please, sir, yeah. come in. Okay, yeah. so they didn't do the comedy themselves. No, no, they, they, it, just, it became a comedy club by accident. Like, once, uh, they did a comedy one night, two nights, three nights, and then it kind of blew up and became very successful. And then it just became a full-blown comedy club, and it's been there for 36 years. Oh, my God. And that's in L.A., or...? That is in L.A., yeah, like a mile north of Universal Studios Hollywood. That's incredible. So, of course, if you're growing up watching all these stand-up comedians, like, how were you inspired straight away? What age did you you think, right, this is what I'm going to do? No, I, I never wanted to do. You never want to do what your parents do. I, I was always working there as a kid. I was a dishwasher. I was a waiter, bartender. I did the whole thing. I started my own business. I, I used to sell cell phones in the in the in the mall. I really sold cell phones. Yeah, I was going to say you own. really did. You didn't steal them. I didn't steal no, them, but I sold them. Okay. I sold them in the mall. I opened the kiosk. I used, to, I used to sell T-Mobile cell phones in the mall. I opened my own business, and then uh, I got married, divorced, and then she took all my things. from me so I needed therapy and my dad's like do you know how expensive therapy is go on stage go do comedy go do comedy wow I love this so then I became a comedian and I became a comedian for therapy but then it started paying the bills and I'm like oh okay I can do this for real what did your ex-wife think of this though when you're talking about her on stage Oh, she hated it at first now, but now she loves it because people oh. follow her and she goes, oh my God, you used to, you used to be with him. <laughs> <laughs> Generic wife voice. Did you hear that? Do you, yeah. do you know what? Maybe this therapy and this uh, taking the mickey out of her might get back, get you back together again if she's like... No, know? no, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how there's a generic voice for your significant other male or female? So like, I don't know, in, for English people, like, oh yeah, well he said to me, oh, oh I just had to play football last night. And so like you have this <laughs> generic voice and it's like, no one actually speaks like that at all. You have to make it a caricature. Um, I know, she sounds nothing like that. Can you imagine as well? But you've made her this weird influencer because you're just ripping it out of her on stage. <laughs> yeah, like, so- yeah, if you see my videos on YouTube, I, I'm very not nice about her. Oh, okay, that's good. I can imagine her if she's a YouTuber. Hi, guys. I thought I'd just come on here real quick um, yeah. because my husband has been slating me. Now, when it comes to then the move, so the dishwashing and the working in the club, but almost hating it, wh- what was the jump then to make you into the comedy? Was it just that phone? You know, was it just that conversation with your dad? Yeah, it was just that conversation. I started doing an open mic. I did coffee shops. I would perform for like five, six minutes. And then I fell in love with it. And I be- honestly, I guess I was a student of comedy my entire life because I would always be around the club. Like I've been around Dave Chappelle, the Waynes Brothers, wow. David Spade, Craig Robinson. Wow. I mean, I know, I know uh, Nemer. Nemer is really big out here, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Nemer is a good friend of mine in L.A. And he, he's a... Uh, I just everybody. I, I grew up around so many famous comedians, and I just I guess I always was destined to do this. That's incredible. And you, I know that you've worked um, <laughs> with some of them as well in a movie. 
uh, which one we were looking up. We're like, uh, he's in Fifty Shades, and I was like, whoa, I'm not talking about that. Fifty Shades of Black. (laughs) Is that just a a bit of a a Mickey take, is it? That is basically a spoof of Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, fine. Well, we will speak about that no more. (laughs) You can can talk about that to the cows come home on your show at the weekend. So what else can we expect then? So we've heard already, we're going to, you're going to be talking about your heritage and, and, and your wonderful ex-wife. What else are we, to, what should we expect? I'm, I'm very big on improv. I'm very good with, uh, talking in the moment with audience and getting part of the show. Brilliant. And every show will be different. Uh, you can come to every show. Every single show that I do is always different. I, uh, I, I have so much material. Honestly, I'm just, today I'm going to be walking around all day long and writing, uh, material and just, it's, it's basically, it's my point of view. Uh, a funny point of view, basically, what is that what I do? And that is what I, I love because I, like I say, I've been to the Laughter Factor. Laughter Factor? What's wrong with me? The Laughter, Laughter Factory. Hump day. It's Hump it's Day. It's Hump Day. Yeah, um, it is here in the in the Middle East. So I've been to the Laughter Factory so many times, and I do love it when the the travelling ju- journalists. Oh my God! Do you know what? <laughs> you, I think I should. I'm just, not a journalist. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Too much coffee. <laughs> Not enough Not coffee, enough Jack, coffee. I'm telling you. I've been... Uh, anyway, when they come in, I love the fact that they take the time to do some observational comedy from anything they've picked up in, like, even if it's 24 hours. Because it's such a weird and wonderful country that we live in here and such just, like, to use the coin, the expression, the melting yeah, pot. I'm- Totally. You have to, like, you have to, I mean, I do this for a living. I travel six months out the year. I'm barely home. And, like, even when I checked into my hotel, I was in my hotel room in the dark for 10 minutes because I couldn't figure out how to turn the lights on. (laughs) Why? What, by putting the card in the slot? Yeah, there's no card in slots in L.A. You have keys. And you know what? Sometimes you go into these hotels in, in the UAE and there's this weird and wonderful, almost like iPad on the wall. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like, I've turned on the light in next door's balcony and I've turned <laughs> this on. Next thing, the curtains are closed. I'm like, dude, just give me a switch. Like, that's all I want is a light <laughs> switch. You're going you're gonna to have so much fun. Um, right, where do, we, where do we follow you? Where do we find out all about you? And more importantly, how do we get tickets for the show this weekend? You go to laughterfactory.com, all the webs, it's all, all the ticket links right there. Um, my Instagram is Jack Junior Comic. Twitter, same thing, it's Jack JR Comic. Uh, but yeah, make sure to go to the laughterfactory.com and you get tickets right there. I guarantee you, it's not just me too. It's Nick Guerra's on the show, Lisa Curry, and we're all national worldwide touring headliners and they brought us all together for this special event this is going to be absolutely brilliant but jack i wasn't joking like just tickets yeah? yes jack tickets i, will, I get you tickets right. yeah. gail we know you're listening <laughs> you gorgeous thing jack genuinely thank you so much for taking the time i know it's uh, you're very very tired and i look forward to seeing you this weekend my friend no problem. Thank you guys so much for the time. I hope to see you guys there too. We will. Take care. All the best. Jack Jr., make sure you go and check him out this weekend at the Laughter Factory. Tickets are 160 dirhams. That includes the VIT. VIT. It's okay. We'll let you off. Just say whatever you want to say today. Do you know what? I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. Tickets are 160 dirhams. That includes the VAT. The show starts at 8.30pm. Gail, I'm sorry and I love you dearly. Go on to thelaughterfactory.com. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Overy in for Mark Lloyd. Today is Thrift Shop Day. Poonam, do you know what a thrift shop is? 
Is it like a little secondhand shop where you can donate stuff and it sells at secondhand? Yes, well done. And to explain more is the woman behind Dubai's thrift shop, Thrift for Good. Good morning, Jen. How are you? Hi, oh, good morning. Good I'm afternoon. Good afternoon. You. Sorry about uh, that. Good, af- good afternoon to you. <laughs> and I've been really, I've been a bit forward there and I've called you Jen, but that's because I know Mary Allison and she said Jen, but should I call you Jennifer as we're on the radio? No, okay. Jen is fine. Jen, Jen is fine. Jen, Jennifer, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to <laughs> tell you off and full name you Jennifer uh, on the air. <laughs> you are the founder, the managing director and the chief cheerleader of Thrift for Good. So like we just said if people don't know what th- what a thrift shop is what what do you define it as yeah well for me i think thrift is very much the second hand element clothing shoes bags accessories where you can declutter drop off your used items and have the comfort of knowing that we're going to rehome them keep them away from the landfill and donate 100% of the profits to help kids around the world. That is absolutely amazing. (laughs) Um, So why did you start Thrift for Good? Yeah, so I used to work with Golf for Good, which is the local nonprofit that we're supporting. Mm -hmm. And as Golf for Good, we do an amazing job empowering people to take on life-changing challenges. For example, climbing Kilimanjaro and raising money for children's projects in the country of the challenge. And while I was with Golf for Good, almost daily people would call and say, hey, we have stuff we want to clear out to you. We want to volunteer our time. And being a fellow thrifter, Canadian, we have thrift shops every second street corner. <laughs> I miss it here in Dubai. So we just started fundraising on the weekends, doing flea markets, and it's grown into something massive with a life on its own that's clearly really needed here. Yeah, absolutely. I genuinely, I found out about Thrift for Good probably about, well, I mean, you started online, didn't you, and flea markets late last year, Mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Around late last year, and I only found out about you and um, your pop-up at the Palm probably about three or four months ago, and now I'm an avid fan of your Instagram because I cannot believe some of the bargains that you can get in this thrift shop, and I'm not proud at all. I know that I'm sure there's a lot of people that wouldn't you know wouldn't even dream of buying anything secondhand but absolutely upcycling is is what it's all about at the moment isn't it absolutely and secondhand does not mean second best no we only put the perfect quality stuff in store the perfect quality online so you can feel comfortable that you're getting perfect quality for a fraction of the price which thrift should be and also as well because we you know even myself, you know, I'll clear it, do a wardrobe clear out. And, you know, when you pick something out of the wardrobe, we've all done it and it's still got the label on it. You're like, oh, no. And you bought it like three years ago. I'm sure you have so many brand new items. Absolutely. Well, and I think Dubai is known for being a place where we all enjoy shopping quite a bit. Mm. So every thrift shopping offers an opportunity to do it in an environmentally friendly way, spend less money, get more bang for your buck and enjoy fashion without you know, contributing to some of the bad things about fast fashion. Absolutely, yeah. Now, you mentioned Golf for Good already, and obviously I'm guessing the name is through that, Thrift for Good. So what is the actual connection then with Golf for Good? Absolutely. So Golf for Good, we are the right arm of Golf for Good, essentially. We exist to be able to raise money for Golf for Good. Um, So we get our fundraising approvals through them. We get a lot of our volunteers through them. Um, I'm actually also on the board of Golf for Good as the charity director. So the projects, we, we choose those together and it's 
it really works as one. We are Golf for Good Social Enterprise. Amazing. Um, you yeah. mentioned there about volunteering. And of how can people get involved, whether it be volunteering or donating? I know recently you were asking for some people on your, like, for some help on your logistics side. How can people get involved? Yes. So we cannot run without the community. We're here for the community and we need the community to run. So we, our store is a volunteer run store. We've got about 60 people, but the amount of work that goes into steaming, pricing, sorting, um, preparing, selling, etc., we always need more hands. Um, so to volunteer, you can go onto our website, thriftforgood.org, click volunteer or intern if you want to intern. We have a little form you can sign up there and we will pull you in. So if Jen, you don't have a yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. was going to say, if I have some clothes that I want to give you, do you need them thoroughly washed and ironed and delivered? Is that how it works, or do you have to take care of all that? Um, so we are prepared to take care of all that, but obviously, it makes our life and the experience of sorting much more enjoyable if you have, you know, the courtesy and time to wash it before bringing it in. Um, and I just also want to mention we have a sponsor courier called Shift who are amazing, who will go to your home for free to pick things up. Oh, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Before we go on and talk about the incredible pop-up that, that is happening this weekend, obviously we are in a time of hygiene and safety and COVID-19. What is it that you're doing within Thrift for Good to ensure that, that you're kind of sticking to those standards? Because obviously there's a lot of second-hand, go- second-hand goods being moved around. Absolutely. So COVID can stay on clothing for up to 14 hours. So once we receive it, we quarantine it. That's the first thing we do to keep volunteers. Um, So we'll sort things out the next day after it's received. Uh, We do wash the stuff that needs to be washed. We steam everything before it goes into store. And I mean, then we become like any other retail store in Dubai. We have hand sanitizer everywhere. People need to wear their face masks, keep distance. Um, Luckily, we have not had any COVID outbreaks with our volunteers. I'm knocking. I'm knocking. on her no. head <laughs> knocking on wood <laughs> knocking on wood that's brilliant though and i love the fact that you, you quarantine it i feel really sad for the clothes now right tell oh. us tell us about the pop-up this weekend because i'm really excited and i'm hoping to head down oh amazing we are so excited it's going to be a great event we have 26 local small businesses coming out to support um so essentially in front of our store we're taking over the golden mile galleria mall seven to ten Um, And there's going to be food, tons of great vendors, sustainability, free workshops for adults and for your kids, uh, raffle draw prizes, and just like a good fun day out, you know? Brilliant. I I can't wait. And whereabouts is it? Where can people find you? And is there parking? Yes, parking is free for two hours. um, And it's just next to our store, Thrift for Good, on the Palm Jumeirah Golden Mile Galleria Building 8. Absolutely brilliant. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time. Happy Thrift Shop Day, and I'll see you this weekend. Happy Thrift Shop Day. Thank you. (laughs) See you. Bye. Absolutely love it. Make sure you go down and check it out this weekend. They're doing big things, and we love that it's it's all in the name of golf for good. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Good afternoon. I'm Katie. In for Mark Lloyd all of this week. He takes a very well-earned break. Producer Poonam is here with us, though. Now, I'm really excited to speak to our next guest because we've been talking about it all week and it's finally happening this weekend. I'm joined on the line now by Vasily Smirnov, the producer of the Moscow City Ballet. How are you, sir? 
Very well, thank you very much. Good. Did I pronounce your name correctly? That's the most important. Thing. Perfect. Way. Okay, fantastic. And are you in the UAE at the moment or you're still to fly in? I'm still in Moscow, actually. <laughs> What's the weather like in Moscow at the moment? Very pleasant. It's about plus 22, maybe. Really? It's so yeah. funny because for me, I just think, I think of Russia and Moscow and I just snow. think snow. Yeah. <laughs> snow just constantly. Wow. But it's not like that. Okay, fine. Well, you're going to have a, just, just a bit of a shock when you come to the UAE. I'm sure that you've realised it's a little bit warm. Yeah. When, um, when are you flying over? Uh, well, actually, I am not flying on this occasion. Ah. Uh, however, we, we have the other directors are in, in Dubai right now. So, oh, fantastic. Um, so they're, they're getting ready to rock and roll for this weekend. Yes, they are. Wonderful. Right. So Cinderella, it's the bite-sized ballet. Tell us a little bit more about it, because I've done my best to describe it, but you seem the perfect man. Thank you. <laughs> I'll try my best as well. <laughs> um, really, in terms of uh, the ballet, uh, Cinderella, obviously, it's a classical uh, ballet story. And um, what we've done on this occasion, we try to adapt it more to the younger and family audiences. So uh, it's shorter, it's punchier, uh, it has um, lots of action in it. Uh, so I think we, we're just trying to bring it more sort of towards um, the 21st century, make it more interesting for the children today who have a lot of visuals um, bombarding them all over sort of from internet and the television. So yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a very interesting take. Obviously, we're premiering it in Dubai and uh, um, it it's a really exciting time for us to, to do something like that. Absolutely, because that's what Prinam and I have been speaking about when, when we've spoken about it on the show this week, because you, it's almost a little bit like the word opera. You know, you hear the word ballet and you think that it's going to be some long and dull and boring and what have you. So I'm really, really interested to see what, what you've done with the performance. What, so you said you made it funnier. So is, it, is, it, is there speaking as well? No. There is no speaking, but uh, the actions basically Amazing. speak the words. Mm. Um, yeah, you, you don't really need to, uh, with ballet, the, the actions have to uh, tell you the, the story, the narrative. And uh, like I say, in this occasion, we're trying to speak to the younger children. So they, it has to be more accessible. I think that's going to be absolutely fantastic. Whenever people say to me, because I, I went to see uh, another couple of ballets, and well, there's no talking, no talking. I don't know. And I always say, Mr. Bean. Now, Mr. Bean yes. is obviously world famous because there's no language. Charlie he's, Chaplin. Absolutely. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, he's just, it's just funny. So I, I, I am looking forward to it. Now, it says here that you are the son of the choreographer and the founder of the Moscow City Ballet. I mean, you must have ballet in your blood. Well, yes, I obviously have um, uh, grown up with this company uh, in, in August. Um, it was formed back in 1988. Um, and, yeah, so I've been dealing with that pretty much from the start, although initially it was more as a sort of like helping with documents, etc. Now it's more in organizing the tours and talking to other producers around the world. So, <laughs> and doing wonderful different. interviews with radio stations all over the world. Are you, so do you perform at all or you're merely behind the scenes? I'm merely behind the scenes. I, Never fact, been tempted. My dad said I, I have wrong feet. <laughs> so 
I um I went to ballet lessons when I was younger, when I was about four years old, and it was at our local village hall. And I went to the went to ballet, and I'm not a very girly girl, right? And my I remember I do remember my mum picking me up. She said, "Did you enjoy it?" And I was like, "It was it was okay." And my mum said that the ballet teacher said to me after my second lesson, "I don't think ballet is for her." <laughs> and then described me as a fairy on a rock cake, which meant I tried really hard to be graceful with my long lines, but I was just a big <laughs> lump. Do you know, uh, Vasily, actually, I, I was telling everyone that I did study it for about, uh, up until the age of 18. And I remember having a blue tutu. It was my favourite tutu ever. And I was like, you know, I really want to take this to the next level. And then when I saw how hard it is on, you know, when you're on your toes, every oh, girl dreams of on that. On point, yeah. I was like, there's no way I can do this. What kind of, you know, practice, rehearsals and hours take into becoming, you know, a ballet at that level, a ballerina at that level, sorry. Well, that would be years. Obviously, they start from age 10, roughly. And um, then basically it's every day, nonstop from then on. Obviously, they, they train and they rehearse. Um, uh, everyone in the company is very much a professional ballet dancer. So um, if we are talking about the specific times it took us to rehearse this piece, mm. I'll probably say it's about a month and a bit. Okay. Um, however, you know, to do it so quickly, you have to have the background behind you. You have to have um, the uh, years of um, doing the, the grind, you know, the hard work. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It takes them six weeks to rehearse for a show like this because they have a lifetime of experience. If myself and Poonam, however, rocked up uh, to (laughs) to start rehearsing for this show, it may take a little bit longer. (laughs) What um, would you say that you have to be a fan of ballet or the arts or dance to come and enjoy the show this weekend? I would say not at all. However, I would probably say if you did come, you probably would become a fan of ballet. So <laughs> that's interesting, um, actually. Yeah, I wonder whether things like that do increase the popularity of it. I certainly, am, I'm certain about that. You know, we have lots of um, feedback from um, uh, spectators from around the world who say, you know, we have never been to Bali before. It's the first time we come. We loved it. We had absolutely great time. We're going to come again, and it happens sort of every year, lots of times. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it is uh, absolutely perfect starting point for someone who is, uh, well, sort of even sort of five years old, for yeah. instance, to come and see for the first time uh, a ballet because most theatres don't tend to let children in unless it is like a matinee. Um, in this occasion, uh, they would have ability to, to see the performances um, and, um, yeah, just, just uh, take in. Uh, see the art, see the beauty, uh, get some inspiration from that. And hopefully uh, that will be their first step in the world of Bali um, or Bali spectators. Absolutely. So They'll probably sit there with their, with their jaw open. Why then did you choose Dubai to premiere this show in particular? <laughs> well, obviously there are several uh, reasons. So one is we have very good relationships with uh, our promoters in Dubai, we have come many times. Uh, secondly, uh, from the uh, perspective of the current uh, COVID, we have obviously to be realistic that um, we can't go everywhere. Um, Dubai is a, a very COVID secure location where we would feel 
comfortable and um, it, it's possible to put on a show in a in a safe manner. So yeah, it's it's a number of uh, reasons, but um, I would probably say the the main for us we, we love to buy. We have come several times, and uh, it is just a great place to be. Oh, that's that's absolutely fantastic. So thank you so much for premiering it with us this weekend. Now, you can get tickets. They are available for this weekend. It's taking place at the Theatre Mall of the Emirates. However, I do have a pair of VIP tickets to give away for you to go and see this bite-sized ballet, Cinderella, this weekend. Um, all you need to do is text in to 4001 and send me your reason to be cheerful. Um, Vasily, what is your reason to be cheerful today? Well, being on the on the air like with you is, is great fun. So great answer, great answer. You that don't, is the right yeah, answer. Right. You don't win the tickets, sadly. Um, oh, sadly. But I'm very <laughs> pleased you gave us a reason to be cheerful. Thank you so much for taking the time all the way from Moscow. I'm really, really looking forward to the performance this weekend. Thank you very much. Take Good care. All you. the best. This is lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye one hundred three point eight. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Overy in for Mark Lloyd this week. And as myself and producer Poonam continue to celebrate Happiness Month, when I heard that this was coming to the UAE, I got very excited because I am a Disney girl at heart. Disney on Ice presents Find Your Hero and it's coming to Abu Dhabi. And really delighted to be joined on Microsoft Teams right now by the tour coordinator, Kerry Jones. Hello, Kerry. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine. You can tell you're a performer straight away. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> um, Just a I'm, few years experience. Yeah, exactly. I'm really good. Thank you very much. Where in the world are you? Um, same place as you originally from the sounds of it. I'm from the UK. I'm from England. Okay, right. Okay, so you're in the UK at the moment, but you are you are looking after the tour that's coming to the UAE. Now, before we get into all of those... Well, I'm actually Go on. in the UAE. I'm just from the UK originally. That's, that's what I was asking. Where in the world are you? So you're in the UAE at the moment. Yes, we are here because we're getting ready. Um, the thing is that... This is super, super special because Abu Dhabi is the first international engagement that Feld Entertainment producing Disney on Ice. We're the first place in the world internationally that we're going to be putting on one of our shows since the COVID pandemic. Absolutely incredible. And, you know, we just spoke to um, someone from the Moscow City Ballet and they're doing exactly the same thing. And we're so honoured that you've chosen the UAE to make this happen. Um, so before we get we're in... so excited. Yeah, I know. And I'm genuinely really excited. I, I saw Disney on Ice in Brighton in the UK twice when I was about... 10 and then we're gonna say last year no about 10 but then when i was about 19 and i do remember friends of mine saying are you not a bit too old for that no uh no never first time i went to disney i cried (laughs) obviously children but i mean we've seen date nights yeah um i mean granny and granddads because of the original stories i mean how far does disney transcend Yeah, yeah you know you've got all the original stories that people that are sorry folks but people that are grannies and granddads know and then you've got all the fantastic new stories so I, I, I don't think that we are set for any particular generation we're, we're here not. for everybody yeah and I- on top of, because we we tell the Disney stories which everybody loves 
and everybody wants to see the characters. So obviously we're bringing the characters to you. But on top of that, we are also performing on ice. Yeah. So we're showing you world-class skating um, as part of our story. So there's something for absolutely everybody. If you like, if you like performance, if you just want to go out and forget about COVID or anything else for a couple of hours, then you just need to come and see us because we've got all your favorite Disney stories. We've got your favorite Disney songs. I defy anybody not to be dancing in their seats during Under the Sea. Um, we've got so much color in the show. We've got your favorite characters. I mean, we've got five stories in this one no show. Way. Um, the little mermaid we've got moana which is one of the newer stories tangled beauty and the beast and frozen so oh do you know I mean, what i was nearly a clean sweep then because there was that was all of my absolute favorites but i still hasten to say this i've never seen frozen I know, isn't that bad? I've seen bits I, of it. I know. I don't have children, so I guess I haven't been subjected to watching it 47 times a week. But I am a Disney fan, so I, I am. it's a bit naughty that I haven't watched it, if I'm honest. So before we get into what's happening down at the Etihad Arena in, uh, on Yas Island, I know that you, you were a performer for Disney on Ice for years and years and years, and now you've moved on to being the tour director. What is it like for you then moving from being on almost like you know that side of the camera if you like to being behind the scenes um well i mean i i was a little bit of a late starter i didn't join um disney on ice until i was 27 so um after 13 years of performing um i actually thought that maybe the, the number 13 was a was good luck and not <laughs> a, a a negative omen and that maybe i should hang up my skates gracefully um before I, you know, the bones started creaking too, too much. Um, and then I had this fantastic opportunity to still be able to travel the world. Um, I mean, come to Abu Dhabi. I've never been here before. No so this way. is super exciting. Oh, welcome. Um, and, you know, and, and now I get to kind of look after all the cast and crew and get them where they need to be. Um so it's it's nice for me to still be able to keep my toes into the the touring lifestyle, mm. um, but maybe not you know have the the muscle aches and, and things. <laughs> at I was going to say because it's instead. obviously it's such a routine, and I mean obviously they're athletes at the end of the day. What kind of yeah. you know how intense are the rehearsals for a show like this? How how long do you start rehearsing in advance? Um, it depends on, I mean, when we start a show brand new from the beginning, that's the very, very intense. That's normally about a six-week rehearsal period. Wow. Um, once the show, I mean, this particular show has been up and running um, in, in different forms uh, for about five or six years now. So um, the rehearsal period just kind of depends on how many new people we have mm. to this particular show. So here we're looking at um, just over two weeks, but it is a six day a week, mm. um, all day affair. Um, like you said, it, it, it is pretty intense. Um, it has been a little bit difficult because a lot of our performers haven't actually had access to ice rinks to train because of covid of course um so they've been kind of over the summer trying to 
do the best that they can to get themselves in in shape ready to go and uh yeah hopefully knock on wood we we have no issues and and we're going to have a safe and smooth rehearsal period ready to put on an amazing show for you guys oh honestly i think it's going to be absolutely wonderful so tell us all of the details well when is it happening where is it happening where can we get tickets tell us everything kerry well, it's the show opens on the 2nd of September through till the 11th of September. Um, and there's different times. If you go onto um, DisneyOnIce.com, you'll be able to find uh, all the show times and you'll be able to find all the ticket prices. There'll be something for everybody, all different ranges. Um, you'll get all the information there and you will get to see mickey minnie donald goofy, goofy as we Pluto. said moana got little mermaid so then you've also got sebastian and little flounder and um, beauty and the beast anna and elsa and oh, olaf no way. everybody i know we're gonna have to be careful because i mean it's pretty hot here so i don't know how we're gonna be able to keep him cool yeah. but we'll do our best. <laughs> let's make sure olaf doesn't melt thank you so so much kerry disney on ice presents find your hero it's coming to abu dhabi the etihad arena at yas island from september the 2nd to the 11th you can get all the information online i cannot wait